Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. And if uh, you notice, I put a little extra emphasis on the change that's happened because we are now the Draft Network Fantasy Podcast. We have joined the Draft Network, which we are really excited about. We will be their exclusive fantasy football team, bringing you all the great stuff that we did last year. But this year, we will be on the draftnetwork.com. So Guys, you know I was a part of it last year. I'm really excited to have you guys join this year. It's it's going to be a hell of a ride. Yeah, I'm really excited to be part of the team. I know a lot of the guys personally worked with them. If you've been following us since our FanRank Sports days, you'll recognize a lot of the names there at the Draft Network. And if you're listening from the Draft Network and you just heard us, you'll you'll get to you know see what we're like too. And if you don't already know, if you haven't followed us on social media, we will have content up on their website as well. We won't just be audio. Uh, my rankings will be up on the website, uh, Paige's rankings, Jake's rankings, and they'll be updated throughout the year. So there's going to be all-encompassing fantasy content from us with the Draft Network, and we're really excited to get started. Bigger audience, bigger network. Kyle and the boys, I have more people to argue with now. This is going to be <laughs> awesome. Like, fantasy stuff will be fun. I can't wait for the draft season so I can yell at these guys. They watch thousands of hours of a week of uh, of tape, but no, I couldn't be excited or more excited. Bigger audience, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, we're uh, as you can tell, all of us very a lot of excitement going into the season. Football training camp is officially like very, very, very close. We're talking about guys reporting at the end of this week, early next week. So that means it's now time to really, really start to dig in to the fantasy football season. And get yourself prepared. I mean, we're literally a week away from injury reports Correct. and yeah. paying attention and Absolutely. rankings changing hourly and daily. Yeah, we, and we've already got players threatening to hold out for new contracts, guys like Melvin Gordon. Like, I mean, it, it's yeah, it's like that's that not going to throw a twist in things if that's, that's still going on. Listen, if they're drafting early, Absolutely. Wow. especially in light of what happened last year with Le'Veon Bell. So many people were were screwed by what happened last year with him. So you got to be tentative and a little more hesitation going into this season if there's anything that makes you nervous. I understand staying away from certain players or oh. making slight movements because you are you don't want to be the person that drafted Le'Veon Bell number one overall because I know plenty of them. It's early now, but two top five players, Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott, have both been linked to the word holdout. I like, well, Gordon put it out. Gordon put I, it out. I, I like the way they put it out because they did not put, put it out like Le'Veon Bell last year. He said, I'm holding out or demanding a trade. Yes. In other words, I'm playing. Yeah. I might miss, it might be Clemac missing week one, yep. but I'm playing all year. So I, I didn't scare me that much in a draft status because yeah. wherever he goes, he's going to put up numbers and be a freak. Because if you're going to trade for him, you're, the, you're giving up a lot. So the Cowboys, before we get into what we will be doing today and we'll continue to do for the next week, uh, next couple of weeks is preview each division um, in the NFL and go through all the players and that are fantasy relevant. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about the Cowboys and about Ezekiel Elliott because listen, it, it it happens every year. The NBA has their their year their free agency period of time. Where they gotta come up with a different name. Yes. Free agency. The NBA free agency where where Nuts. where players that are I don't want to knock anybody's talent, but our average players get paid ridiculous amounts of money. And each and every year people in the NFL, whether that's players or media react and go out of their minds because they're like, how is insert guy in NBA making more than insert much better player in the NFL? And the answer quite simply is there is a hard salary cap in the NFL and every team that's in contention for the NBA playoffs 
is in is is going into a crazy amount of taxes that they're paying to the NBA. And also, I mean, there's a difference between rostering 12 guys and 12 starters and 53 And it all comes down to TV contract numbers. Correct. The new NBA TV contract was insane. A billion dollars. And they've done a phenomenal job marketing their guys. And the money's there. They have to spend it. So you got average guys like you're talking about making 12 million a year. Absolutely. But the biggest thing there is what Jamie said. There's a huge disparity between the amount of players that are playing. 12 and 53 guys. Yes. It's a huge difference. Now that brings me to this conversation about the Cowboys because I heard on ESPN they were having a discussion about with Lewis Riddick about okay Dak wants to get thirty million but he wants to be in the Carson Wentz range. If Ezekiel Elliott also wants to be, I'm the number one paid running back. You start putting the numbers together here pretty quickly. You're not going to be able to pay anybody that that much money. I mean, it's not paying anybody else. No. No. Insert twenty other quarterbacks. That team doesn't change. I agree. You pay Dak, but you can't, or you pay Zeke. I mean, you, but you can't, you can't give him that much more than Gurley and David Johnson. Some of these and Le'Veon Bell got because you don't want to extend him that long. Yeah, no, he's a you can back. give him like a David Johnson deal, like a three year deal that's huge for three years. Front load the crap out of it, and then we'll reevaluate because three years from now, those legs aren't the same. Running backs. Yeah. I mean that. Not only that, Dak doesn't have the fifth-year option, so they have to do something with Dak here, where they control. Which is going to kill Zeke's money. Correct, and they 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 control Zeke a little bit more, and they have a little bit more. So I don't think I, I mean the holdout thing might play out, but it's kind of one of those scenarios. Like, are they going to get ahead of it and try and take care of it? Because if they don't, what's going to happen here? Because you and I, we've already discussed Zeke's probably, if not one, two. I'm coming out of the draft. If you haven't had a chance to listen to our NFC East preview, go back in the archives and listen to it from last or from a couple of weeks ago because we had a big discussion about there's an argument that you could take Zeke Elliott number one overall. 100%. And that's, by the way, in the last two weeks has become a more popular take in the industry. You're seeing more and more people saying, and eh, maybe I'll take Ezekiel Elliott number one. There's, there's no denying his talent. There's no denying that the Dallas offense and their Super Bowl chances this year run through Ezekiel Elliott. Correct. But the business of the NFL and the business that Jerry Jones has very publicly said is that they want to pay their quarterback. Yep. And I think spending that much money on Dak Prescott is a franchise killer in the short term, in my opinion. But I understand the alternatives and the quarterback market are very risky. And I wouldn't even give Dak a Nick Foles deal that he got in Jacksonville. No. But the reality is, is if they want Dak Prescott to be the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys next season – that's what they're going to have to do, and I think that's what Jerry Jones is going to do. Yeah. Look, it all comes down to numbers. We, I love to talk about in the offseason when we do those shows, salary cap is the salary cap. Yes. And the Cowboys don't have that much room. That's why Demarcus Lawrence is on a franchise deal. They don't have that much space to move this around. I mean, to me, they're better off letting Dak go into a fourth-year deal and maybe letting him walk in free agency. Yeah. Let him go to free agency and see if anybody throws $30 million a year at Dak. You can't. Give you, Zeke a three-year deal, which I don't think he'll sign. No. But if he's smart, he would give him a give him a Kirk Cousins three year all guaranteed yeah. weird yeah. out of the box deal yeah. that you know you're good for three years and see what happens. I mean, next year's draft if the Cowboys have a couple injuries and they're picking twentieth, next year's quarterback draft is loaded. Yes, it is. Make some trades, move up, and do something different. You you're, you might be better off. And this it, team's young. Like Jake said, get creative. Because one thing I know, they're not firing the Dallas Cowboys general manager. No. no. <laughs> so get creative and try to win. Yeah, it's it's one of those. Amari Cooper's coming up. 
if they want to keep him. I mean, there's guys, they're, they're going to have to get really creative to make this cap work all or, those, or lose a lot of guys. All of those guys, though, they've all, they're, I can't remember if it's Dak or Zeke came out. They all want to get paid and they all think they deserve to be paid like the number one overall guy. Do the math. Well, can't happen. It's just, the, and it won't happen. And only one of them actually deserves to be paid as the number one guy at their Correct. position. Correct. Yeah, their left tackle, their left guard, and their center. <laughs> <laughs> Neither uh, one. They all deserve to be paid over both of those guys. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. Um, let's get into our, our preview here. So we're we're doing the NFC South today. Obviously, uh, we have special interest in this division coming into coming into this year. Oh, really? Why? And, and, and not why like, ever would that be? I, I don't know why. Oh, okay. uh, the, the special interest as well is, there is a lot of fantasy relevance in this division for all four teams. There really is. And that's, that is not the case because we've already done two previews. And I could say there was one division that we went through where it was painful to get from top to bottom. Yes. And, and this division is not. Yeah, the AFC East was not a fun. I mean, there's still a lot of good advice. Go back and listen to that show because there are, especially in New England, a lot of fantasy relevant players. And even the Jets have some fantasy relevant players. But – this, this division is going to be a whole lot more interesting because there are so many more players that you're going to be worrying about on draft day. Yes. Worrying is a great word. Some of these guys that you would normally take really high, yeah. worry the crap out of me. We'll get into it. All right. Well, let's talk about the New Orleans Saints, the team that led the division last year. Obviously, Drew Brees, you know, Alvin Kamara, you know, some, some, some changes happen here in the running back room going into this year. So, Jamie, I'll let you kick things off here, your overall thoughts in the quarterback and the running back room for the Saints. So, we'll start with the obvious guy, Drew Brees. Uh, my, my quarterback strategy, you're going to hear this a lot. Uh, I, I tend to wait on quarterbacks always. I do think there is some value if a guy like Mahomes, who's not going to drop, but if a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Andrew Luck drop a little bit into like round five or something, which I have seen in a lot of expert leagues, you're not going to see that in your, you know, your buddies league with your friends. But if you're playing in some of these high money leagues where they also wait on quarterbacks, these guys might drop. If I don't get one of those top three, which is for me, Mahomes, Rodgers, Luck in that order, I am waiting and I'm waiting forever because to me, the difference between like six and 15 is negligible. And yeah. I think all those guys could actually finish within 10 total fantasy points of each other. Yep. So at that point, I'm not investing a lot. That being said, I have Drew Brees as my quarterback six. He's right behind uh, Matt Ryan and just above Russell Wilson for me. Um, I, right now, he's going in about the seventh round. I would wait to the eighth round before I would grab him. Look, he's not going to be a top five player like he was a few years ago. He had back like three straight seasons in the top five. He's not that anymore. He was finished 13th in fantasy points per game two years ago. He was eighth last year. I think he's going to be right around that range. They're still going to throw. I think they want to throw maybe a little bit more this year. Not a lot more, but a little bit more this year. But to me, unless you have some feeling that this offense is just going to go back to what it was four years ago, there's no reason to reach for Drew Brees. I'm going to sit back and wait because I don't think his upside is very high anymore. I, I agree. I'm going to go back to what I said last year with Ingram on the suspension. They're going to throw it more with Kamara. I don't think Kamara can be an every down 16 game guy. I don't think Latavius Murray was the answer. I don't think that's the hammer that they wanted when they had Ingram. I think they are going to throw it a little bit more. I think Breeze's numbers are there, but I'm waiting until eight or nine. I took him eight and nine last year in two leagues. He was great. Finished right there. But I mean, you're talking Roethlisberger, Winston. There's like you're saying, there's eight or nine guys that are all going to be really, really close to each other. There's no point in reaching. I think you could wait till 10 and still get a really good quarterback in most leagues. This offense is going to be good, but they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do. They're lacking a tight end. They're lacking in a second receiver. Kamara's going to be a beast. They're going to have to get creative. You know how much I love Sean Payton. You know how much I love Drew Brees. 
and this, I think this team is really good because I think this defense is better than people think, but they're going to have to figure out their identity of what they want to do with Kamara being the feature guy. Yeah, and, and he's the crown jewel of this right now. He's part of this big four running backs at the top, Saquon, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and Alvin Kamara. Uh, he's my running back four for me. I have him just behind Christian McCaffrey. If you want to take him above McCaffrey, I think that's been the big, like who's three, who's four there. Um, in a half-point PPR league, I think in any sort of PPR format, I'm taking McCaffrey first. If it's just a standard format, I'll take maybe McCara, um, Kamara in that third spot. Again, he finishes last two years, fourth in fantasy points per game among running backs, fifth in fantasy points per game among running backs. He's going to finish in the top five, barring injury. Uh, I don't – the Mark Ingram for Latavius Murray split won't do anything for Kamara. But Murray is interesting for me. I have him just inside my top 30 running backs to start the year. Um, right now his ADP is in round nine. I take him in round six. I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities, particularly around the goal line. And I think he could be a, one of those touchdown vultures for New Orleans this yeah. year. He's not somebody you're going to be confident in if he's your RB2, but as one of your flex options on a weekly basis, or if you're in a two-flex league that's not a super flex, where you're playing a quarterback there. Handcuff special. I could absolutely see him being valuable, not even just as a handcuff, but actually just on his own. I agree I, with I, you. I, I, I think you have to handcuff him if you're talking about taking Kamara that high, which I would have done with Ingram. But I, I just I, injuries scare me. He's he's 210, oh, yeah. whatever he is. He, he, but he doesn't play like a 210, 215-pound guy. He, he plays physical. I'm just worried about him breaking down and not being able to play all 16 games. Yeah. Michael Thomas, you know, I, I was really high on last year. I had yep. him up ahead of Julio. I love the player. I think he takes a little bit of a step back from last year's numbers because they don't have a really solid number two that you can't roll coverage to Michael Thomas and have somebody spy Camara. They're going to have to figure out some other options. Somebody's going to step up. Yes. But until they do – I think his numbers come. He's still going to have a really big year. Yeah. Is he going to have, was he 15 catches a game or something? No, he's like not the first four games yeah. last year. Yeah, last year was insane. So let's talk about Michael Thomas and this wide receiver room because there is quite a big drop off here between one and two where there isn't really a, like, Ted Ginn is. He's got to slow down eventually. Yeah. He can still run, but he's not a really complete receiver. He's going to have his big games. So I like. Poor man, Deshaun Jackson. Where he's, he's got, you have him as wide receiver four, Jamie. I think Michael Thomas, a, yeah. Michael Thomas. I think that's about where he'll end up being because I think a lot of people are going to overreact to last year thinking he's going to be the number one overall wide receiver this yeah. year, and I have him just outside my top three. So the pretty much consensus top five across the industry, New Hopkins, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham. That's yep. the top five in some order, yep. depending on who you ask. To me, he's fourth in that, and, and he's, the la- he's the last receiver I would take in round one. Okay. So there are four receivers I would consider round one in a half PPR or PPR format would be the top four guys, and I will exclude all of Beckham Jr. for that. I wouldn't take him to the second round. Look, the last three years finished eighth, seventh, and fifth in fantasy points per game. I think he, he that's about where he's going to finish. I think he's fairly safe. Like, he's going to finish in the top ten among wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't particularly love taking wide receivers in the first round, but if you see the way this is going, if you're at pick seven, eight, nine, or ten, you almost don't have an option. If those yeah. top four running backs and Melvin Gordon and David Johnson are off the board, depending on how you feel about Le'Veon Bell – depending on how you feel about Todd Gurley, like you start to get in this Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Joe Mixon. Like at that point, you're taking these top wide receivers. And I have them right now where my number nine overall pick. So if I'm picking in that kind of death zone, which I think is like seven to 10, it's a death zone. Yeah. This year. I think they have to force the ball to him to get to those numbers though. I think you're going to see a lot more deep digs, comebacks. Yeah. Because I think you're going to roll a safety over the top right now until you can figure this out, which leaves Ted Ginn a possibility to go deep. But 
And I think Ted Ginn's that forgotten man in this offense. Right now, he's not even being drafted in fantasy. People think he's <laughs> really? dead. People think he's, like, not going to play. Hmm. The last four years, 29th, 54th, 43rd, and 43rd in fantasy points per game. That's not exceptional, but that's a guy that deserves to be on your bench. He's my wide receiver 52 this year. Again, somebody that you can literally get in the last round of your draft. When he's on the field, he's at least going to be someone you might consider playing in a flex spot on certain weeks. He's, he's a poor man with Sean Jackson. Yeah. He's going to have those two or three shots. Sean likes to take them. And he keeps putting up. I guess sooner or later he's going to slow down, but he can still run. Yeah. So A bench guy. I mean, they don't have high expectations, but this is somebody that, again, is finished as a guy you might consider to play in your flex spot each week. It's not even being considered and drafted in this offense when he is the number two guy. Yeah, which I think is a good point to bring up because when you're looking at rounding out your bench, right, you're not you're hoping that you're not going to have to use a lot of these guys, but let's be honest, you're going to have to use these guys because somebody on your team is more than likely going to be injured for some period of the football season. And when you have a guy like this, I always bet on, I know this offense is going to throw the ball. So I know Ted Ginn is going to have some big games. So I would rather go with some upside with knowledge that I know Sean Payton and Drew Brees, I got 15 years of body of work knowing that they're going to throw the hell out of the ball. So it's going to continue to happen, and Ted Ginn's going to have big games. This is going to sound weird. I'd rather, from a fantasy perspective, Ted Ginn be the number three option in that offense than the number two option in that offense. No, I get what you're saying. I get it. Because he's not a number two well-rounded guy. If he's the number three, I love that because he's just taking the top off. He's running posts, he's running go routes some comebacks, that kind of stuff that he can do really well. As the number two guy, he's got to be a little bit more well-rounded. And I, that's, that off, I like this team, Yeah, but they're going to have to figure out their identity on offense. they got some, some question marks. Brings us to the next guy in Traquan Smith, which I think the interesting part here is his ADP versus where Ted Ginn as yeah. the number two is, is significantly higher. So he's getting drafted. Because he had those crazy – what three monster weeks last year? Yeah, disappeared. But disappeared every other week. I, I, I'm. I put him as my. I went to 75 wide receivers in my rankings for the preseason. I put him at 75 just because I feel like he has tremendous upside. He's got. He's talented, and he's in an offense that's going to throw a ton. So yeah. I mean, that's a great combination. I owned Traquan Smith for a period of time in the second half of last season, and yes, he had those couple big games. But there were games where you literally you didn't know he was on the field. Yeah. So I'm not convinced that all of a sudden it's going to be oh oh now is Trey Quan Smith's time. It might be. It's worth taking a risk on. Uh, you know, right now he's going ADP 160 round 14. I have him at 176 in round 15. I mean, that's at that point you're talking about difference in bench spot. He's worth a flyer, but I think his ADP is going to rise throughout the offseason, especially if he has a big preseason game. I'm just not convinced that he is going to, going to be a significant part of their offense, at least all season. To our listeners, if you like him, here's how it works. He's a younger guy. He's a bigger guy. He's a more well-rounded guy. If he can step into that number two role, like I just said, and Ted Ginn becomes the number three option, now he's a steal in round 14 or 15 because he's allowed to have 65 catches, 800 yards, some touchdowns, and be a solid guy. If he can't develop into that, somebody else is going to. Sean Payton's going to play whoever can – fit what he's doing that week, and now you've got a hodgepodge of two, three, four, five guys in that room. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, you don't you don't want to end up with the uh, the hodgepodge situation as Jake just said. That's not you don't you don't want to end up with those that grouping of guys that all yeah. of a sudden you're Sean, Sean Payne's deciding week in and week out who he likes on a matchup basis and then you're just completely in a crapshoot. You yeah, don't want then that it's to happen. Waiver wire bench death. Yes. Yeah, trying to figure out what's gonna happen. And it is the Patriots. You have no idea. You don't hear the term wide receiver by committee very often, but there are a few teams this year that outside of their number one guys are going to be that, and that's just – 
Saints are, yeah, and the Saints might be one of them. Uh, let's talk about the tight end room here. Uh, are you excited about it? We know tight ends don't do a lot for us minus the first couple. This is yeah. just how I draft, period. Unless I – and I know I, I never do because everybody overdrafts in the past. It's been Gronkowski. Oh, it's um, happening this year. There's, Travis there's, Kelsey. There's a lot of movement for Travis Kelsey to go in the first round. Yeah, I'm I, not I, I doing that. Do I, I, do I absolutely refuse. I will find a tight end that will uh, be a good enough option for me. Last year it was Eric Ebron who had a great season – uh, in Indianapolis, uh, I just it's the it's one of those positions for me that I refuse to draft early. If you're on. considering taking Kelsey that high, take the tight end off his name, put wide receiver on his name, and see where he falls in your wide receiver rankings Correct. because that's where you're taking him if you're taking him that high. Yes. That, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, and, and different in auction formats. I think in auction you you do want to go after a guy like Kelsey, but I can't spend a first round pick in a normal normal like snake draft on him. So for New Orleans tight ends, I like Jared Cook more than I like Ben Watson. Uh, so uh, he's not quite – I don't like him as much I like Jimmy Graham in that offense, but I think he falls somewhere in the middle. He's my tight end seven, and, and, and he is kind of right in this range of – he's after OJ – he's after like that middle – that what I consider to be the upper middle class of the division, which is OJ Howard and Hunter Henry. Yeah. He's after the elite guys, clearly. Yeah. Um, he's going 70th overall right now. I have him at number 73. That's kind of where he's going to be. Like he's yeah. right at the point where – you might decide between him and your first bench option. So I'm okay if you take him there. Last year he finished number five. He's not going to finish number five again. He had those crazy first few weeks of the season. I don't see that happening again. I do think he finishes in the top ten tight end. But I'm just in this range where I have him and like Eric Ebron, I'm just not enthused. Here's where I love where fantasy mixes with football. And we're going back to this offense again of them finding their identity and figuring out what they're going to do. Are they going to put two tight ends on the field so you don't know what's coming? So Ben Watson is more of your traditional guy that can block, catch, do everything because that's not Cook, right? Or are they going to be almost predictable and, okay, Watson's going to hit you for some, but he's in there and they're going to run it. That's going to be a really interesting thing because Cook is not an every down player with Ben Watson on that team in that offense. So as this offense, as they find their identity, that's going to be a really interesting thing. And I think that's going to take away from Cook's production. Yeah. it's it, Listen, I I always wait. Round six is a little too – I'm like – I'm always in like the round eight to ten yeah. for a tight end And, for and keep in mind when I'm talking about my rankings, I should have said this earlier, I'm assuming 12-team leagues yes. uh, and half PPR. I yep. think that's the most – because that's the what standard, standard is now. Yep. And I think from there, from half PPR to full PPR, there's very little difference. And most people play in 12 teams. But when you hear my rounds, it's assuming a 12-team league. Yeah, it's a good assumption because that's pretty much what the average is at this point. Uh, kickers are people too. And Will Lutz is one of those kickers that you like having on your team. I'm not even going to spend that much time on kickers, but he's worth having on your team for sure. They yeah. put up a lot of points. He plays indoors, period. Correct. Yep. That's, he has that's, nine games in a dome. He was, he was a number three kicker last year. He's my number three kicker to start this year. Um, he's one of the th- There's one kicker I'm drafting before the final round, and that's Greg Zerline, and then everybody else you figure it out. Yep. I, it, but definitely worth having yes. and maybe worth and a, drafting. And, a lead option. Yeah. And, we'll, and we'll have a f- potentially two weeks where you look and you go, oh, Oh, my kicker had 15 points, or yeah. 20 points, and you're like, "Damn, thanks, Will Lutz." You listen, like Jake said, kicking indoors and going with teams that score a lot. I think also is this offensive identity we keep talking about yeah. continues does nothing but play into Will Lutz's hands of having more field goals. Also, exactly. Also, if you feel like that Latavius Murray might not be able to convert as well in the red zone as Mark Ingram, well, what happens when you don't convert for touchdowns in the red zone? You kick field goals. Yep. 
That's a good point. Uh, are we liking drafting the Saints defense and special teams? Is Are they going to be worth it this year? They're in consideration. They're my number 10 defense special teams going into the year. That's where they finished last year. Strength of schedule, 22nd. To me, again, I'm playing matchups with defense. I'm not drafting the Bears. I'm not drafting any of these ones early. Um, you know, if you want to draft, if you want to spend a round sooner to draft like the Cowboys because they have those three cupcake matchups to start the year, fine. But I'm, I'm playing the streaming game with defenses, and I think you should too. Investing like a 10th or round pick in the Bears defense. Look, there might be one defense that is head and shoulders above the rest, but we almost never get it right. We never get, figure out who that defense is going to be. And if last year you spent all that all that time on like the Rams defense or the Jaguars defense, they really disappoint. I don't care how much you like the Bears defense; they can't do what they did last year. No. They're, they're taking a step back. So if they go from first to fifth, they're still taking a step back. By the way, this division has got a bunch of really good offenses. Yeah. yeah. So I like this defense a lot. I would definitely want to have them, but they're more of a waiver wire pickup matchup thing than than drafting for me. I, I'm kind of been like last two years been leaning more towards that, where I was like, all right, I'm gonna have one defense I'm gonna have, and then maybe I'll pick one up depending on bye weeks and matchups. I think I'm a waiver wire yeah. all year on defense. And I mean, maybe take one late. So you have one that's pretty solid, but this, this, the offenses in this division that they got to play week in and week out are really good. Speaking of streaming, one thing I like to do in a lot of my leagues, especially if you have a fairly deep bench, uh, is to pick up matchups in advance if I can. And mm-hmm. just look at the defense two, three, that's playing weeks out. one, two, three weeks out and say, okay, especially if they have back to back really strong matchups. To me, it's more valuable to my fantasy team to hold two defenses, knowing I'm going to have one that's I really like in a week and two weeks that's going to help me win my matchup, than have my seventh wide receiver or sixth running back on the bench. So if you can find that, like I said, if you draft the Cowboys, you know, okay, I'm good for weeks one, two, and three. Near, near the beginning of week two, start looking to see what are the best options for weeks four and weeks five. And just be in advance of what quarterback got hurt and what defense is playing against them. Yep. Yep. And or when the weather changes, a right. lot of yeah. times I go uh, later on in the when you're almost approaching the fantasy so playoffs. That Bills defense is going to be really defense, solid again. And they got the Miami Dolphins and followed up by the New York Jets back to back weeks, and I'm like lock and load Buffalo. Yep. Because everybody's going to pick up that defense on on t- that Tuesday of that week. Yep. You need to be a week in advance of yep. your league. Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I feel as if we have to mention that. Um, I don't hate Matt Ryan this Jamie year. Jamie yeah. hated Matt Ryan last year. Not, and not was right. Kind of. Nah. I was right until I was. I, I, I was really right for the first eight weeks. Yes. Not then, so much the second. I, I picked him up off the waiver wire. He's pretty good down the street. I actually played him over Drew Brees yeah, no, he, he a, was, a little bit. He, he was really good last year. third overall yeah, guy last year. Game. Yeah, I, I, that was one of my worst calls. I made I made some decent calls. I made up for it elsewhere. But he, this was mostly, my worst call of the year. You were really right in September, though. Mostly, it Jamie, took a while for them to get mostly yeah. Jamie was right about everything. This was like the one glaringly oh, yeah, wrong one. No, I, and I, I only brought it up because as Petty Page and I had fought with him last year about Matt Ryan. And he was like, no, you, I trust. And I was like, no, nope, I love Matt Ryan. I always liked him. He always ends up being better. So uh, vindication this year, Jamie, because you have him as your QB5. Yeah, he's to me, he's right underneath that like elite class, which includes the three quarterbacks we talked about and Sean Watson because of his running ability. He finished number three last year. He helped Dirk Cutter comes back. And one thing I know Dirk Cutter won't do is ever run the football effect. <laughs> so because of that, yep. they're going to throw a lot. Yep. And he's got plenty of weapons. He's got a second year of Calvin Ridley. Julio Jones is awesome. We'll talk about him in a second. So he's he's got plenty of weapons to choose from. Again, I have him right now is number 75 overall round seven. He's going around ahead of that in round six. 
I don't know if I'm going to reach for him or not. I don't like reaching for quarterbacks. But if you're going to, I would rather you reach for Matt Ryan because I do think there's a gap between him and then like the Drew Breeses of the world and the Russell Wilsons that we, we just talked about. So to me, if you want to, this would be the guy that if you maybe can get him in a little bit of a value if people think he's significantly less valuable than the Watsons, Lux, uh, Rodgers, and Mahomes of the world because he's actually, in terms of consistency, if you look at a game-to-game consistently level, he's an elite quarterback last year in terms of how many games he gave you top 10 production. And I think you need to look at that because a lot of times, about 50% of the time, these middle-class quarterbacks that you talk about are outside the top 10 more than half the time. Yeah, this one's easy. They play nine games in domes. They're going to throw it. He's got weapons. I think Devontae Freeman comes back with a big year. He's now the guy. they got to figure out who the two option there is. You said Dirk Cutter throws it more than he runs it. That's, yep. that's going to be the way to go. The offensive line – they were young last year and yeah. played decent down the stretch. They can't sustain any injuries, and the defense is not very good. They have a lot to prove on defense mm-hmm. to me. So, you, And who's better than Matty Ice late, especially when it comes to fantasy chunk? I mean, 70 yards in the last 30 seconds to score yeah, a touchdown. He'll chuck, he'll chuck it up. He's going to get a bunch of those as well. So I, that one's easy to me. I think he's right yeah, there when you're talking about. going to play, you know, what, 10 games in the Dome, 10 of 16 yeah. in the Dome this year. So, like, it's – look, It helps. But, I, again, I get, if there's a word of caution, it's going to be the every other year thing that we've kind of talked about. Yeah. Right? Four years ago, he finished as a number 28 quarterback in points per game. Then three years ago, he was number two. Then two years ago, he was 21st overall. And that word of caution is this team, to me, has a lot to prove. Yes. I think he's got better weapons than he did those two years where he finished outside the top 20. But we have seen him crater. Yeah, this could be – does he continue with this every other year Weapons stuff? don't matter if you can't protect him because he ain't going True. nowhere. Yeah. He's standing in the pocket. That's, that and if that defense gets any injuries or can't rush the passer or is not very good, he might get some, some garbage yards like I'm talking about. but. To me, this this team has – they're right there. They could be really good, but they got a lot to prove. To me, if you decided, like, I can't afford the top guys. I can't spend a second-round pick on Mahomes. I can't spend a third-round pick on Rodgers. Smart Lock. decision. But if you decide, but I need to have a really good quarterback. If that's your, if that's your guy, goal, this is the range where you get it. It's Deshaun Watson. It's Matt Ryan. It's probably Matt Ryan's more likely to fall to you. If you have to say, i got to get a top-five quarterback. Have, I'd rather have Ryan than Exactly. Yeah. So I, if you're I, saying, I, I have to get a top-five quarterback, but I don't want to get Mahomes early, Matt Ryan's your guy. All right, let's talk about the running back room here. Obviously, Jake alluded to the fact that it's, you know, potentially a bounce back year here with Devonta Freeman and then Ido Smith uh, being the other guy. Who came on year. a little bit last year, but he's not with yeah. it. No, they, they, they had it at a point in this, in this Atlanta Falcons kind of, they've gone back and forth between being a really great team and being a really bad team like they were last year is they've had like a, a, a running back committee, right? Whereas I think Devontae Freeman will be more of the guy. He's, a three, he's one of the elite three-down guys if yes. he can stay healthy. He's had concussion issues. But if he stays healthy, he's the guy. He's going to get a ton of carries. He's going to get a lot of catches. He's great out of the backfield. He's explosive after the catch. He's a guy worth taking high in the second round to me if he can stay healthy. But yeah. I like him a lot more than I did last year. Yeah, I mean, injury risk is a concern. Right now he's going in round four. Um, ADP is 40 overall. I have him at number 38. He's my running back 19. Yeah. Uh, you obviously have to deal with the injury risk. You obviously have to deal with Dirk Cutter being there and now running backs have not fared really well under his offenses. But Freeman can catch the ball in the backfield really well, and I think he's going to continue to do that. His three years in the NFL before last year in terms of points per game among running backs, first, seventh, and twelfth. So he was an RB1 in each of those three years in terms of points per game production. Obviously, he only played, what, one game last year, two games before, yeah. he, before he missed the whole season. So to me, he's, an, he's a great option as your, as your RB2 if you get him in round four. Um, if you go RB heavy, it might even be a flex option for you to give you a real advantage of that position. 
He's someone I like a lot. I have him just between Chris Carson and Mark Ingram in terms of – Yeah, I got him higher than both those guys. I think he's one of the guys, and there's only like six, that can be a true three-down option for you if – and that's the question – if he stays healthy. If he is, he could be a top six, top seven guy like he's proven in the past. Not only that, but you got to like him at that value. Especially like, in PPR. If, I, if I'm getting him in round four, I feel I feel pretty good yeah. about that. I feel really good about that. All right, how about Smith? Do you like eh, him? I, he's okay. Like, That's I mean, he, exactly what I was he's, looking he's for. He's my RB46. Like, Waiver wire to pick him up. Yeah. I'm not drafting it. Like, I think that's about the production you might get from him. I just don't if, – if Freeman's healthy, you're not starting him. So he's going to be a guy that gets you four or five points on your bench. Let me ask week, you this. But, is that a handcuff thing? If you do – say you take Freeman in the third and you got something in the, in the 15th round, you're like – because the question is injuries, right, with yeah, Freeman. Sure. So, But if he's a solid two and they're not going to have like the two, three, four guys are all the same guys, is he a three-down guy if Freeman gets hurt? I don't know. I don't, I, know. I don't, I mean, think, I don't, I don't think I'm risking that, but – I don't think he is. So the I mean, I mean, he's clearly the number two, but like, I mean, because I'm not worried about Kenny Marner, but like, yeah. it's. I just think it's they're going to just run a lot more. No, no RB sets. Yeah, as, I, as I just, you said, Dirk Cutter is going to throw the ball, and let's talk about the more exciting part of this offense because there's a lot to like about this wide receiver room: Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu, all very good fantasy options. So, uh, Jamie, I'll go to you first. What do you like? About all three of these guys, and and I see where you have Julio Jones rated, and it's real high. Number two, he's my number two wide receiver. Yes, he should be. Doesn't matter what you do on defense, he's getting his. He's awesome, uh, and, and I've seen some analysts in the industry have him at number one. Uh, I'm not ready to do that yet, but he's the guy you're taking in the first round. I have him on number seven overall. His ADP is ten point seven right now. He's in an offense again. You, you you can't ask for a better situation. He's in a throw first offense with a good quarterback inside a dome. And he's a star, and he's got some protection in the wide receiver. And you're going to double team him, but you really can't because the other guys are going to. Yeah. We're about to talk about it, are going to kill you, but he's going to get his. Uh, so he always does. He's one of the safer options that you could take in the first round, even though I don't love taking wide receivers. Plays through injuries. Yes, he does. He gets, he gets on the field. He's not holding out. We talked about it in the beginning of the show. Yet, I, don't, I mean, he says he's coming yeah. in. And he's going to roll. So, and he's a lock to be wide receiver one. Last four years, second, fourth, tenth, and seventh in fantasy yeah. points per game. He's an absolute star. I would only take New Kaufman's over him, but those are guys who are going one pick apart in fantasy drafts for me because I'm taking Hopkins and then Julio Jones. What about Ridley? That this to me is interesting. He was I, good I last year, him. but he was a second deep threat. And he wasn't well rounded. Very well rounded Alabama. He was a lot better in the second half of the year. I was a Cal- yes. I drafted Calvin Ridley so late last I. year, and I and I held on to him all year. He really came on at the end of last year. Believe it or not, he finished as the number twenty-seven wide receiver in points per game, despite his slow start and as a rookie. I because he had a couple, what, 28, 30 yeah. games. But I think he can get right around that range again. I think he's my wide receiver 27. So no. he's not quite my wide receiver two, but he's a, an elite wide receiver three option. I have him at number 59 overall in the fifth round. His ADP is in the sixth round at 65. I like him a lot. I think he can flirt with – I don't think he's got wide receiver one upside at this point in his career, but I think he's got wide receiver two upside. And I wouldn't be shocked if he snuck into the top 20 at the end of the year. I think he's going to get a tremendous opportunity – when teams decide they do want to try to bracket or double Julio Jones, that Calvin Ridley can be the guy, and he had a lot of success. I, I like all that. I agree with everything you're saying. The guy that I really like now is if you go back in Dirk Cutter's offense to look at the slot guy, Mohamed Sanu, fitting now exclusively in the slot, he, he's the one that's going to have all this space to work with. He's a veteran. He can still run great hands, good red zone target. To me, he's a flex guy. He's a lot higher than probably most people are going to have him. I'm very interested to see which, where Jamie has him, but I think – He's been really solid his whole career, but I think he takes a big step up in this offense. One of the most underrated players in fantasy this year. Yeah, I, I love. I, he's my wide receiver, forty-five. Yep. He's the guy that in all my mock drafts so far, he's on every one of my benches. 
because people go, oh, it's Sanu. He's boring. He says, you know what's not boring? Production's By not the way, boring. he might yeah. throw a touchdown pass. Yeah. yeah. But production's not boring. In the last two years, he finishes a wide receiver 42 and the wide receiver 43. That means he's worthy of being one of your top two wide receiver bench options. What makes you think he's going to lose production this year? How many more targets do you think Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley could possibly get in this offense? Who's going to who's going to steal those targets from? Them? And if they can't run it on third and three, yeah. go back and dirt cutters offenses and look, they're going in the slot. So right now, Sanu is going in round fifteen. I have him in round nine. Yeah. He's number Big one or six overall. For me. I, I agree with. I'm glad he to hear you be, say that. He should be on one of your benches. He should be one of the top receiving options on your benches. And again, you don't have to take him in round nine because nobody else is. But just kind of keep in mind that I would go with that high. Another take. football nugget. If you have an injury at Julio or Calvin Ridley, he plays all three positions. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to play in the slot. I love him in the slot in this mm-hmm. offense. But he can go be a wide receiver, too, for Ridley. He can be a wide receiver, one, in this offense. For Julio, he's proven it when he's been out. you got to love the versatility there, too. So Absolutely. it's a great guy to have on the bench. That's a guy I'm targeting. I really would target him as you get into double-digit rounds. I've had Sanu a couple uh, – probably two of the last four years on my team and been really happy with where I got him and drafted him. And looking at that ADP that he's around 15 guy, like – He's, he's not sexy. And here's where... We just talked about, you know, Smith. Those are the, the guys I round. look for. But here's yeah. where draft value people sometimes... And we talked about this a little bit with Ted Ginn. High upside guys don't just have to be young players who haven't proven it yet. Yeah. Sometimes they can be veteran players that have a very high floor. And that's what Muhammad Sanu is. Like, Muhammad Sanu is going to finish as a top 50 wide receiver, guaranteed. And you know what? Maybe he can even sneak into the top 40 or top 30. Not only that, I would argue, I well, this is just me. I feel much more comfortable with a veteran who I've seen proving it on a, on an NFL field, knowing that I know that this is a good offense with a good quarterback, with a good wide receiver room. Those are all things that make me feel a lot more confident yeah. to go get a guy like this. Whereas when I haven't seen a rookie play, unless you're Saquon Barkley and you're so superior talented-wise that I know it doesn't matter what system you're in, a lot of these wide receivers that got drafted this year, for instance, a lot of them got drafted in the systems where we all went. I'll ask, I'll ask you this. Nikhil Harry or Mohamed Sanu? Mohamed Sanu. All close. day and twice on Sunday. That's a and that's a first-round pick receiver that went to the Patriots. That's, I mean, that's, that's a perfect example of a big side Look, Rookie wide receivers struggle to make an impact right away more yes, often they do. than not. Yes, they and even do. if they do, they make an impact in the final, like, really, the final six to eight games of the season. Austin Hooper, tight end room here. Uh, you have him tight end 11 here? Yeah, he's in that, again, that whole group that's right after the top of, like, I don't know. Like, he finishes number nine last year in points per game. He was all over the place, but so are all the tight ends. He doesn't block. He's not a well-rounded guy, so he's going to fit in this offense. What yeah. they're going to do, they're going to throw a lot. Yeah, yeah. so, so you need to, yeah. if you wait on tight end, he's the guy you can take. But, yeah. like, I, I'm serious. Like, from about tight end eight to 18, whatever. It's, <laughs> it's, per, it's personal preference because none of them are consistent. All of them have some level of upside to them. They're matchup. But, like, yeah. Honestly, you're going to be streaming tight ends a lot more this year than I think in years past because there are just so few reliable options. It's what I've done in past years where I've had success. Unless you have a guy week in and week out, and there are so few mm-hmm. with tight ends that are those guys, a lot of times you're just looking at matchups. You look at the defenses you're playing. Another example of where you look two weeks ahead of time and you go, okay, yeah. I know this guy is playing this defense and they're – 27th against the tight end, you play the matchup and you hope you pick out a guy that's going to that's gonna do well for you. And, and that goes back to how you – I mean, we'll, we'll probably go over this a lot in the offseason, how you should construct your team. But just keep in mind, let's say you draft two wide receivers really high. Let's say you're picking the back half of the first round and you, you start your draft with, like, Julio Jones and Arnold Beckham Jr. And you have two wide receiver spots. You don't need to load up your bench 
with four wide receivers because you're never going to play those wide receivers over the two guys that you've drafted. So sometimes in that scenario, instead of carrying that fifth or sixth or seventh wide receiver on your bench, you should carry a second tight end. Even though I don't love doing that, you have to see how your team is constructed because what where are you going to play these guys? You're never going to bench Julio Jones and Odell Beckham for, you know, Ted Ginn. So instead of drafting Ted Ginn there, if you're able to get in the last round a second tight end that might be a matchup guy for you or use that spot to stream a matchup guy for you, do so it. if you have like a Hunter Henry and take an Austin Hooper late yeah. and you have both and you're playing them matchup yeah. dependent. Any thoughts on the the defense to me is not draftable Don't, here. No. So, Don't draft the defense. Lot, okay. Thank you. Uh, I figured that's all we needed to say. The Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton. The interesting thing here with Cam. Eesh, yeah. shrug, I don't know what to do here. Uh, I'm, I'm not drafting Cam Newton because I no, have no idea what his shoulder my, my advice to you is I have a very good friend who covers the Carolina Panthers. Scoop time. And it, there's a lot of concern about what Cam's shoulder is going to become the beginning of the football season. And I I just, as a as a as good advice to you, just don't draft Cam Newton. I, 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 know, I have a couple questions. Okay. Who has a better throwing motion, Cam Newton or Andrew Luck? Luck. Right. Who's smoother with the ball? Luck. Who has Luck. different arm angles? Luck. Luck. They're the same injury. We were talking about Andrew Luck's career being over. Andrew Luck had a lot longer to come back from this injury, and yes. Cam Newton has a big hit straight over the top fastball. Is Cam Newton accurate when he's healthy? Mm. Is he accurate when he's been nicked up? No. 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 This offense is now completely based on him running and throwing little dump-offs if he plays week one. I don't think he's anywhere near the Cam Newton you've seen in the past. You're loading the box. You're triple-teaming McCaffrey, and you're spying Cam Newton. I don't know what you're going to get from him early. Now, he could prove us all wrong, but to me, it's way too much risk. And you're talking about a guy who's always been top five, right? Yeah. This yes. is, so this is where I kind of split the difference here. I have him at QB8. But again, this is the this is the beginning of every quarterback is the same. From here, pretty much down to like 17. Then I drop him to 17 because there's no way I'm taking him so at, the, at the head of that group. If you want to take him for the upside and you immediately take somebody else like a Ben Roethlisberger who's been going late or Philip Rivers who's going late or whatever. Yeah, I'm taking both fine. of those guys over camp. Um, But – Winston, Breeze, Hopkins, to me, all, all of them. To me, the issue here is, one, obviously the health. You don't know if he's – even if he plays week one, he's not, it's not like, okay, he played week one, he's good. It's not a hamstring. No, you're, no. Seeing, you're seeing read options. You're seeing reverses. You're seeing dump-offs to Christian McCaffrey, and they're trying to play good defense and win a game. And if you watched him late in the season, it was painfully obvious he could not throw. Right? No. Like he did not have the ability to throw. What do you have to do in today's NFL to win? You have to throw. So, Especially just, to keep up in this division – with yeah. all the other three teams in this division they're going to be playing against are going to be high-powered offense that they're going yeah. to have to score to keep up with, good luck. Yeah, he, he's not – he's outside. And the defense is getting older and taking a big step back. It is. So I don't know – He's just outside my top 100. I get if you want to take a chance there where these guys are dropping, but he's not a guy that's going to be on any of my teams. This year. Listen, if you're going to – if you're a person, and I'm not one of these people, but I'm kind of starting to maybe lean towards this in a couple of leagues, two quarterbacks on your team taking him late as that second guy, yeah. I think is probably a pretty good option. Yeah. yeah. If he falls in your league. And and for two for leagues like that, if you're in a single quarterback league, you gotta know your league. Because if everybody drafts a backup quarterback, you need to draft a backup quarterback. For sure. If only like three or four teams then you can yeah, your waiver wire is going to be shot yeah. if not. But if you I mean if you draft Cam Newton, you absolutely positively must have another option on your bench. One hundred percent. Uh let's talk about the running back room since we already alluded to the conversation about Christian McCaffrey. Um, and him obviously being a top five guy. So let's go through yeah, he, a couple he's, of he's these guys. He's number three for me. And, you know, 
Look, he's he's somebody that I'm le- – he's the safest person in this offense even if Cam Newton's out. Agreed. I think his work- workload is going to stay the same. I-, I predicted last year that he was going to catch 100 balls. And he-, he-, he got there. Yep. I think he can do it again. I know we're going to think he's going to regress. Why? Where, where else are those targets going? Is Will Greer the two with Cam Newton playing? Yeah. Yes. And I, know, that, like that that I don't think he's anywhere near the same guy because the offense isn't anywhere close to the same. Will Greer ain't running read, read options. No. He's not running a read option and dumping it off to McCaffrey. I think he takes a little bit of a step back. I don't, they're going to try to run it and dump it off to him. You're going to load the box. You're not playing this team the same you played him last sure. year. Now I don't think he drops out at six. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. I don't. I can't. I can't like taking him that high unless I know Cam's healthy. I I get the argument. Listen, yeah. it's it's why if I'm and I love him. He killed me last year three or four different times. Like for sure, no, I I love McCaffrey. As I don't well. think that production it's, is the same. It's why I like being. I don't like being number one overall drafting. I like being in this kind of three to five, three to six range because then you can you have more options there. You you have a little bit more wiggle room, and you can decide if you don't think Cam's healthy. Christian McCaffrey's value could be significantly different. We don't know. Most we don't, people would say it's going to be more. Yes. I don't think he's a traditional running back. No. I don't think it, it can be more because I don't think he can carry the load. If you hand it to him 25 times a game and you throw it to him three, they lose every week. Yeah. Could, yeah. I think if you hand it to him 15 and you throw it to him 12, they can do what they did last year and maybe win some games. But I don't think there's more upside here. He finished number three last year. I don't think he's going to finish number one. He can't finish number one without Cam. Period. No. End of story. How about an healthy Cam? Yes. Period. End of story. But to me, I guess at this point, the argument is McCaffrey versus Camaro. And I mean, and, and you can go back and forth on either one. There's risk with every Panther because of Cam Newton. Yeah. But to me, he's still the number three guy. I would take if you take Camaro over him, that's fine. It would still, as much as I love Melvin Gordon, I can't make the argument to take Melvin Gordon, especially now. Yeah. Uh, if his contract gets done the next week before you draft, I'd take Gordon over both. Ooh, okay. Our, for, our first hot take. Of so the, find some of the higher on Gordon than I am. I love it. Yeah, that's, I that know. That team is going to be really good. I That's my Super Bowl team. I'll say yes. it right now. That's, I picked them. I mean, yep, that's, that's, yeah, yes. that's, that's the Super Bowl team. They disappointed me last year getting just absolutely outcoached by Bill Belichick, but I think they're going to come back and just be an unbelievable football team this year. Uh, you like DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel this year? Uh, I mean, they're both um, they're both outside of my top 30. Like I have DJ Moore, wide receiver 31, Curtis Samuel, wide receiver 41. Um I mean, they're going – I mean, Samuel, I think you could take a couple rounds earlier than he's been going. He's been going in the 12th round. DJ Moore in the 6th, that's fine. Uh, I mean, these guys are bench-slash-flex yeah. options. Like, yep. you're not – these are not starting if players. If I know Cam you. Newton's hurt Booker is playing, I take DJ Moore that I – if not, I ain't touching anybody else in this offense. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's Curtis gonna... Samuel's a running back that fits what they do when Cam plays. If, if Will Greer's the quarterback, or whoever the two is, and it's traditional guy – He's not a traditional receiver. All those little sweeps and read options yep. and all the stuff that he does, that doesn't work. This is why the next few weeks are really imperative and why we tell you guys not to draft early because seeing Cam, what the reports are going to come out of training camp, watching a couple preseason games, seeing what Cam ain't going to play in the preseason. That's You're not going to get much. Yeah. So hopefully we get something, but at least we should see somewhat of what the offense will look like if Will Greer is starting. And I am prepared. I am feel totally confident saying Wilger will play more than two. Will start more than two games for this Carolina. Who's the offensive coordinator? Norv Turner. Norv Turner. It doesn't fit what they did last year. Norv had to like go. Yeah. Recreate himself. Yes. Yeah. If Will Greer's their quarterback, he didn't really fit what Norv Turner does either. But he can throw the crap out of it. Yeah. So they're going to go back to some more traditional with. stuff. Either way, they're going to be in the shotgun. Attack. I, I don't know. This team has a lot to prove to me. They're getting older and. 
it all depends on Superman plan. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, McCaffrey's really the only Panther I want on this year. Yeah. Okay. I, I really, I, I, I and only in the right spot. Like, more Samuel on the bench, fine. Like, if you want to take a chance on upside with the bench. McCaffrey or David Johnson? McCaffrey. McCaffrey. I'm taking David Johnson. I know everyone, a lot of people are high on David Johnson, and I get it, but I, I that I'm offensive still, I, I'm still line is McCaffrey. still garbage. That's I'm. Oh, I, it is. Yeah, but I can't. I, I can't do that to myself because I know that people. I don't know that McCaffrey could take that workload again. I know he proved it, but especially in a half point PPR, because Christian McCaffrey is going to get those touches. Maybe I. Th- yeah. I think I, I still think he can. He's going to flirt with 100 catches this year. Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, Greg Olson in years past was a tight end that I loved having. Uh, Love, can we just stop for a second? Love the man. Oh, he is oh, yeah. unbelievable. Forget fantasy, forget football. As human beings go, Greg Olson it's, is it's hard the, to get better the top him. of the freaking list. Yeah, Great it's, dude. It's hard to get better than him. Uh, he will not be on my fantasy team this year. He's going to be in those streaming categories. So he's yes. my tight end 16. He's part of that group that I say yep. they're all the same. Because we have seen him have unbelievable. tight end one upside. Yep. It's been a couple years. But even last year when he played, he was number 14 tight end in points per game. Whatever. Like, to yeah. me, this is he's a guy Jason that... Jason Witten, safety blanket. Him and Cam have chemistry. Yeah. If he's played three weeks in a row, playing, maybe. Yeah. That foot scares the crap out of him. They start breaking those bones. They start the same one breaks. And, and I think it's career ending. I don't think... Yeah. It, I think this he's is last year. He's not somebody I'm targeting in drafts. He's not somebody I draft. You'll I see him on TV when this year's over with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's unbelievable. So, but yeah. Like, he's he's in that, that class. He's at the bottom end of the class of just, like, they're all the same. And they're all risky. And they all have a little bit of upside. And good luck figuring it out week to week. Let's talk about who they've been every year. And you take their defense. They, they're solid. They're matchup dependent every year, but they're solid, right? They do I'm, what they do really well. I don't I, think so. This my year. prediction for this division and how good I think all of the other offenses in this division and the fact that six games is against what I consider top 15 offenses, no thank you yeah, this no. defense. Yeah, they're my 18th defense. That's not exactly, someone I'm taking. They yeah. finished 25th. Um, the last three years they were good. They finished 5th, 13th, and 9th. Uh, but they were 25th last year. They're not being drafted. I there, will say, if you play in a crazy action. league like I've played in the past with IDP players, Luke Keekley is that absolute oh, yeah. oh, yeah. He's probably seventh-round draft pick. And we will have but. a show later in the offseason where Jay kind of breaks down some of those IDP players because he's – if you listen last year, he was on the money with a lot of these guys, and he wins the leagues based on his IDP picks. Yeah, which I know that not everybody plays in those leagues, but it is fun, and I've liked kind of learning because I've never played in one of those leagues before, and, and Jake's definitely – I'd jump on that, but I wouldn't touch this defense. Yeah. No. No. There might be a matchup here or there during the season, but that's every defense has a matchup here and there during the season. Even if Drew Brees gets hurt and they're playing the Saints that weekend, I think Teddy Bridgewater puts up enough that I don't want to play that defense. Yeah, so I agree. That, that's yeah. All ignore, right, ignore let's it. let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's too bad we don't have anybody that knows anything about. I know the it's really too bad that I was high on them last year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and was mostly right. It's it's un, it's unfortunate that we have no insight as to what this team is going to look <sighs> like going into this. I'm sure to skip them. Yeah, probably. Yeah, just okay. probably just skip them. Um, listen, Jameis Winston, if ever I was going to draft Jameis Winston, it would be when Bruce Arians is his head coach. So he is one of those quarterbacks that I know. I'm looking at the ADP at round 13. Sign me up oh. for that. Yeah, so he's my QB 13 right now, and that might seem low, but like I said, there's this whole class right there from about like 8 to 15 where I'm fine. Yes, I, I love Jameis Winston this year. I think he's – if I go into the season with Jameis Winston as my starting quarterback, I will be happy. And he is one of those handful of reasons why I say wait on quarterback. If I go into a season with Jameis Winston or Ben Roethlisberger, for example, I'm going to be perfectly fine with that. And I can get these guys after I've drafted my entire starting lineup 
and three or four guys off my bench, and then I can still get somebody like this that has top 10 upside. I know he hasn't – he's been barely inside the top 20 the last four years. But Bruce Arians' offense produces points, and they produce points for the quarterback position. And we're, we're, talk, we're going to talk about all the different weapons that he has there. And it's going to be a little bit tough to kind of figure out on a week-to-week basis who's going to be the superstar each week. But I, I heard this phrase put in, and I love it, and I wish I came up with it myself. They say, if you really like the dessert, buy the cake, not the frosting. If you really think that all of these great Buccaneers are going to put up numbers, you know who that, you know what that means? That means the quarterback's going to be putting up big numbers. So if you're it. buying into the Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Ronald Jones, all, all of these options, Rashad buy, Raymond. buy into Jameis yes. Winston. Because who's giving them the ball? Exactly. The quarterback. How many guys can throw for 5,000 yards, 35 touchdowns that we're talking about? Maybe four or five and have so, the potential yeah. to do that? He's one of those guys Correct. in this offense. Byron Leftwich, Tom Moore, Clyde Christensen, the defenses in this division are not that great. By the way, one thing we need to mention, contract here. Uh, yeah. He's sitting on $130 million. If he throws for 5000 and goes to the Pro Bowl. Correct, people. It's, it's Pay there. attention. And I mean, that's – As I said in the offseason podcast, if Jameis Winston can't succeed with this group of coaches, it's not going to happen. Correct. It's the same – the first thing I said when, when Bruce took the job was, how do you, how do you think Jameis Winston's going to do? And I said – if Jameis cannot have success with Bruce and Tom Moore, and Tom Moore, if they, if they, if they can't Lefkowitz, figure it out with that, with the talent that Jameis Winston has, if he can't figure it out with that group of people around him and the weapons he has there, then it's not going to happen. Agreed. But to I think he De- will. To play devil's advocate, you have an offensive line that's very close and pretty good, but can't sustain a lot of injuries. They're not very deep on the offensive line, and that's bitten them in the tail in the past. Now, Jameis is. He can move around enough. Yeah. It, it's goofy looking, but he can do it. Yeah. If they get some chemistry with those receivers or they get a running back, he can dump it off to when that happens. I think they can still be okay. To play devil's advocate, that's the one thing that divide him is that offensive line. If all five guys play together, I say this all the time. Look at the Rams the last two years. It's, Their offensive line wasn't great. They played together every week. Yes. Yeah. That it matters. matters. That cohesiveness, when they're close, and this is a close-knit group in that room, I think the entire season depends on that offensive line. They get faster on defense. They get faster team speed. Their, their special teams are going to be better. The entire season hinges on this offensive line, and so do Jameis's fantasy numbers. Yeah, and, and look, turnovers are going to be a problem, and that's why it's kind of in this middle of this class it's, there. He and, and Ben Roethlisberger but, are the same to me in that scenario. Where yeah, they throw over 36 they, touchdowns and 20 picks. Yeah, yeah. And, you and that's know, down for Jameis. Correct, and you know that's what you're getting into. But yes. it doesn't matter because in most leagues it doesn't hurt you that much. If it's, he throws four touchdowns and two picks every game. It'll hurt you in certain weeks. Yes. Like when you look at the course of the season, it won't hurt you as much. In certain weeks, if there are really bad weeks, that can kill you. But to me, the upside here is great. Like, if we talk about quarterbacks that I have outside my top 10, this is the one that I think could finish in the top five. He's a steal. He's a gem. If he's late. sitting there in round 13, I can assure you that will be. And that's where he's going, right? He's now. sitting around 10. I'm jumping on. Yes. Yeah, I have him in round 11. But I mean, that's right around the range of like, that's the guy I'm perfectly happy going in the season with him. And that's the big reason why I'm not going to spend a second round pick on Patrick Mahomes. Correct. And I will have stacked wide receivers and running backs up until that point and wait and get a, a premium quarterback for me that was going to win for me week in and week out. Uh, I think the running back room is really interesting here because you got three guys that I think when you talked about, if you think all the guys are going to eat, right? Yeah. But when are they going to eat? Because it's, it's could be different week in and week out. You got Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber and Andre Ellington. We've seen Andre Ellington when he's healthy in a Bruce Arians led offense before. Ronald Jones, you hope, makes takes a big step forward. Peyton Barber, you like this running back room, but does it concern you guys at all that there's three guys 
And as a fantasy owner, you you, you kind of got to guess what's going to happen each and every week. You're guessing, but then there's value there. Like if, if you told me today that Ronald Jones was the guy, he's not the 36 running back. He's not going in round 12. Which no. is what his ADP is now. I haven't go. I haven't. I would take him as high as round eight. He's a three round guy if he wins the job. Yes. Yeah. So he's my RB thirty six, which means he's in flex category for me. He's round eight. This is going to change between now and the regular season. I know. For sure. That. Uh, but he is in terms of talent level. If he gets the opportunity to play all three downs, he's the most talented back in the backfield. Yep. And 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 that offense and the way Bruce Arians has run his team with talented running backs in the backfield, that's a player I want shares of. That's a guy that can finish inside the top twenty if he gets the job. Peyton Barber, he's my RB43. I have him fairly close because he might get the job at least to start the season. He finished 36 last year in fantasy points per game. I think he can improve on that. He's going around 11. I take him in around 9. Uh, Ellington, I take a flyer on. He's my RB64. I just think, again, uh, you know, Jay can probably speak to this more depending on who wins that starting job or how long it takes or what the timeshare is. In a PPR and half PPR formats, he's somebody that needs to at least be on your radar. Yeah. Especially. Especially with any injuries that, that may come up. Meandre, if he had to be a three-down guy for three weeks, the, the coaching staff feels great with that. Yeah. They yeah. could put a game plan around him being a three-down guy and getting you through three weeks. If Peyton Barber wins the job, he's solid. They're going to run it better than they ran it in the past. He's 230 pounds, but he's more of a first, second-down guy. He'll get some catches, but he's, Andre would then come in on third down. Yeah. And that's if Ronald Jones doesn't win the job. One thing I can tell you about BA's offense, you don't give a damn about your fantasy league, that which scares me when it comes to running backs. Sure. When it comes to receivers, tight ends, they're all they're going to put up their numbers. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to running backs, all three of them could put decent numbers up depending on the week because yeah. he didn't give a damn. It comes down to wins. He don't give a damn about your fantasy league. That scares me a little bit when it comes to running backs. If it's Ronald Jones, if he comes out of preseason and takes a step forward, he's a 220-pound guy that was yeah. a world-class track guy. You're talking about who can catch it. Who could be an elite? Like next year, we could be talking about in that Camara Saquon kind of. If he takes the step, where his talent is, he's got to mature and do those. Then yeah, you're taking him high. As as where he's getting drafted right now, and that's going to rise by the way. For sure, and it is rising every day. For sure, but as it sits right now, his ADP is about round twelve. Yes. 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 There's no player with more upside in that round. Just yeah. sign for me up. Yeah. I have that four scenario. rounds sooner. I, I would take him number 91 overall. Now. If you like him, you hope he doesn't rip off a 70 yarder in preseason two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing too. There, there's going to be all these two are going to change, and they're also going to change dramatically when the the I call them like the mom and pop friends leagues start going. Like right now, these drafts from like June and July. A lot of these are expert leagues, and you're going to see different strategies. These are going to change as and those guys are looking at it like you're looking at it. Nobody has more upside in the twelfth round sitting on your bench than that. Who could end up being a starter that's a first round potential pick a year from now? Uh, and I would say this: it, I ne- I wouldn't necessarily draft both of them. If you can, if you get them at the right values, that's fine. I don't think there's this is not definitely a not. tough situation. Definitely not. I think you kill yourself if you do that. With I, yeah, guys. I wouldn't do that because I don't. You're not starting. There's no chance you would start both of them on a weekly basis. I don't think this is Royce Freeman for me last year. Yeah, you're taking him in ten or eleven, twelve. And hoping he becomes the guy, and you don't know that Philip Lindsay is going to steal it from him. Yeah. Because yeah. if, if Royce Freeman plays all last year, yeah, he puts up monster numbers, and you For stole sure. him late. Right. I wouldn't definitely wouldn't take both of them. But Ronald no. Jones late if he's sitting there, because I think it could even be like a Cleveland thing, right? Yeah. I mean, you're getting Hunt back in week nine, and Chubb's taking all these carries, and you, now you got him fresh. Well, maybe it takes Ronald Jones that long to really fit in yeah. and get things going and mature, but the second half of the season, he could be huge. And that's kind of my thought here. So if you're taking Peyton Barber, you have a much better chance of getting into the playoffs with his production. But I think if you're looking at the back half of the year, Ronald Jones is the guy I want. And it's possible Ronald Jones is the guy from the start. We don't know yet. Yeah. But 
I think if you're looking at front half, back half season there, Peyton Barber's maybe safer on draft day, but doesn't have nearly the upside at Ronald Jones. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, this wide receiver room is fun. Yes. Uh, there's a lot to like here. We know we've seen uh, the John Browns and the guys come out of nowhere that have come up in, in previous Bruce Arians offense. Mike Evans has been a guy that I've loved since he's been in the league. And I think this year is going to be one of those years where he really, really shows up big. Jamie, you have him as wide receiver 11. Yeah, I'm a little lower on Mike Evans than most. Um, I just, it's not that I don't like talent. He's obviously supremely talented. It's all about the touchdowns for him. Because when his touchdown total is freakishly high, like it was three years ago, he finishes the number two wide receiver. When it's not, he's finished in the last four years 26th, that's the number two, 20th and 13th last year. I think he's good chance he finishes right around that, that bottom half of the top 10 for me. Sure, he has that top five upside if the touchdown totals are there. But I just I'm not I'm not as high on him. I'm not drafting him. Like right now, I'm taking him still at the very end of the second round. Yeah, His ADP is 21.7. I have him in 24. So it's not like I hate the guy. No. Uh, but I see I think he's being overdrafted by some people. I think people are drafting him as if he's like the number six wide receiver. I think if you're doing that, you're taking away his upside. At that point, you're drafting him at, I think he's going to be a double-digit touchdowns guaranteed. And I'm just, I'm not willing to take that risk there with a lot of really good wide receivers in the top dozen. I love where you have him. Talent is Julio Jones, Mike Thomas, oh, top yeah. three or four guy, right? Ahead of Odell Beckham, I think. But one thing that this, that's going to be coached and preached to Jameis nonstop is you're not forcing it to anybody. No. We have weapons. This whole entire offense is designed for somebody to be open. Yep. This guy's not open. We're going to this guy. If he's not open, we're dumping it off. Which means they're not forcing it 15 times a game. Yeah. His production is going to be there. He's a freak. You can always, when you have to to force it, they throw the shoulder, throw the back back shoulder, throw the comeback, throw it up top. He's going to make those plays. Love the talent. I love where you have him because I think it's going to get spread around in this offense. Yeah. Uh, Chris Godwin, a guy, Jamie, you was my guy from last that year. That was your guy from last year, and Rashad Perryman. Those two guys. Um, probably guys that you're going to be able – Perryman undrafted right now. Chris Godwin, a round five guy in ADP. Uh, what are your thoughts here on both of these guys? Well, I mean, I've loved Godwin since last year. Uh, unfortunately, he was, your, he was your crush last unfortunately, year. Unfortunately, B.A. came out and yeah, now it's over. talked him up and talked about <laughs> how many catches he's going to get in the, that Larry Fitzgerald role and all that other stuff. So now you're, you're not going to get a lot of value on him. Uh, he's my wide receiver, 23. Um, and right now his ADP is 50. I have him at number 55 overall. So right about at that same point in round five. Look, I like him a lot. I think he's going to be tremendously productive. He's a really good player. If you've been paying attention to more than just like the back half of last season, you realize that he, this guy was ready to break out. This guy was ready when he got the opportunity. I know he only finishes the 44th wide receiver in points per game last year, but that's coming way up. Uh, I'm perfectly happy with Chris Godwin as my number two wide receiver in my offense. And he might be the number two receiver in this offense. Yes. I mean, Perriman going undrafted is insane. Yeah, Go I, back I, and look at Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, T.Y. Hilton, who was drafted early, John Brown, J.J. Nelson, whoever plays that role that Rashad Perriman's going to play. By the way, 6'3", 230, and faster than all of those guys. And played really good towards the end of last yes. season. His confidence is up. You need to build that up. He, to me, is a breakout. Take a flyer ahead of Deshaun Jackson. A lot of guys maybe 11th, 12th round, for sure. If you like Godwin, which we all do, go back and look at Larry Fitzgerald's best three years of his career in the slot, and that's in this offense. And we'll, that's we'll, Godwin, who is stronger, younger, younger faster. Yes. Yeah, it's no. going to be at least that. Maybe yeah. it's not 100 catches, but it's an 80-catch, 80, 80 1,100-yard season with eight touchdowns. I think that's very 
much in the cards. Perriman's the guy, though. I, I like him. Yeah, I have my wide receiver 74. He's in, he's that guy that I would probably take higher than that. As yeah. some, I mean, he's going undrafted right now. The yeah. first-round pick. First round pick. They got broken down in a bad Baltimore offense. Went to Cleveland. Freddie Kitchens did a great job last year building him up, getting his confidence up. He could be a breakout yes. wide receiver, too, that you draft in the 12th or 13th round that you are beyond ecstatic yeah. about, that you have somebody else sitting on the bench that you draft in the 4th or 5th round. I like him the in all formats. Uh, I love him in best ball leagues. Yeah. It's, it's becoming more popular because if you want to talk about players that can just spike on certain weeks, I mean, Rashad Perryman could have those four catch, two touchdown games. I mean, he, he very he's very much He's going to get his shots. Pass. Yeah. Because they're going to throw four or five to him every game over the top of everybody. Yes. No. He's somebody I would love to have on my bench. And he's going to be out on the waiver wires in a lot of leagues. Just if you don't, if you don't feel comfortable drafting him for whatever reason, just click that I'm little I'm telling you, you feel comfortable drafting him. You click want, that if you star. want a nugget, yeah. they are high on him. That's, Make sure you're the watching. The talent is there. That's your nugget. Uh, as far as tight end goes, this position is is a little bit I'm excited about. I don't get excited about tight ends, but I'm excited for O.J. Howard, and you must be too. you got him tight end six. I'm not as excited as most of the world. He's my yeah. tight end six because he's an absolute freak. I've never felt like less of a man than standing next to him at the team. <laughs> I'm That's just like looking up at this massive huge. wall of a human. Yes. Uh, and that is so supremely talented. Again, I'm, I'm not. I'm a little bit lower on my most. He's going in round five. Right? He's basically going right around where Chris Godwin is going. I have him going 71st overall in the sixth round. My concern is, is again, somebody in this offense has to disappoint. Somewhere, somebody's not going to be as Probably great as we're predicting. And I think OJ Howard's going to have a really good season, but there's still camera break still exists. I think Mike Evans is going to be take still a lot of red zone touches. I think Chris Godwin's going to his scoring is going to go up. Somewhere somebody's going to have to underperform slightly, and I think that's the position that I think he underperforms. Again, tight end six, right between Hunter Henry, uh, above the above the tier that that Cook starts and beyond. But to me, I'm not spending a top five round pick on on OJ Howard. I just a couple things. Go back to the offense. They don't care who scores; they just want to score. That takes a little bit away from it. That being said, I think you could see him in some different roles. Yeah. And Cameron Brake's still really good in the red zone. He, he still is. has a ton of chemistry with Jameis Winston, so that could take away from him. I love him where you have him. Freak of a human being. If you want a comparison in the B.A. offense, you're probably going to go back to Pittsburgh and go more Heath Miller, who was putting up 70, 80 catch seasons, 1,000-yard seasons. He has that potential for sure. Godwin's much safer if you're going to have to draft those guys. Around the same spot, right. yeah. Guys, we've, uh, we've broken down every team in this division. We're not going to and- talk about their defense? No. No. I don't have them. I'm going to say they're going to be much better than they were a year ago, and Todd Bowles is going to get some turnovers. But, yeah, fantasy relevance, no. No. Uh, Certain weeks here and there, but no, not. They're streamable and in options. A lot of it has to do with this. I don't like any of the defenses in this division because they all have good offenses. Week two, Cam Newton's not playing. Will Greer makes his first start. Oh, yeah, sign me up On for Thursday that. night football, oh, three yeah. days to get ready for Todd Bowles' defense. That's the kind of stuff, yes. yes, that they are very relevant when it comes are to Are they that. on the uh, Tampa at home for that game? They're no, they're in the Carolina. Carolina. Ooh, okay. I like it. I, I think that's that's one that I might look at early on. Stuff today. like that. I think they're relevant. Oh, they're yeah. going to be much better. But you know with Todd, you could have those six, seven-week sacks, three oh, or four turnovers, turnover games, yeah. and this defense got a lot faster. They'll be on the field less than they were last year because I don't think it's possible they could be on the field any more than they were last yeah. year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, it's, they're matchup dependent. They're not somebody you're taking on. I just love the coordinator and I know the team got faster. So 100%, but definitely just matchups. Well, there's just so much excitement for that offense. It's hard to even, uh, which rightfully so. There's a lot to like about that offense. Uh, we're going to get into the team totals here. We'll start off with, uh, New Orleans Saints, 10 and a half. Uh, well, okay. So 
that's basically right on where I had him. I have him at 11 wins. Good. Um, so I guess I'll, 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 I'll take the over on that, but I don't feel, I don't feel great about it. Um, they don't have a particularly tough schedule outside of their division. Um, I, I just, I think there's, there's such a talented team and, and they know, and they, they beat up on the teams they should beat up against, particularly at home, which is, is a good quality, but I still get nervous whenever we get to double digit point totals, uh, especially in the NFC. I got him winning the division. I got him 11 and four, potentially or 11 and five, potentially 12 and four. They got to figure out some things on this offense. Somebody's got to step up, but I have enough faith in Drew Brees and Sean Payton that they get that done. Um, I think they have the best defense in the division and the best overall team. Mm-hmm. I can see them 10 and six. I got them 11 and five more. I probably say 12 and four. I think they win the division at 12 and four. So I got the over. Okay. Atlanta Falcons at sitting at eight and a half. So I have it slight under. I have made eight and eight. Um, I still have a lot of concerns about that defense. Uh, I, if Devontae Freeman goes down, I don't, They've been able to to manage in the past with Kevin Coleman and Nito Smith and kind of maneuvering guys. If Freeman goes down for a significant period of time, they become so one dimensional. Um, I know the offense is really good, but it, I just to me that this this is an eight win team. Maybe they can sneak up into the nine win category, but at eight and a half, that's that's a good number. I, I'm avoiding them, but I have them at eight. And eight. I got them at nine and seven. Don't touch that. That's, yeah. that's a that's a Vegas trick. Throw them at eight and a half. Yeah, it's too close. When you're when you're that close, you just Shy away. Defense Uh, is a lot to prove. The Carolina Panthers. When I saw this one, I looked at it and I go, yeah, I like this one. Uh, Yeah. I I thought about actually betting this in Vegas. Yeah. It's at eight, and I struggle to see where this team is going to get the It's at eight because they're the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. They're always seven and nine to ten and six to eleven and five. This team has more question marks than any of those teams that we're talking about. That's why I'm taking the under. I have them down for five wins this year. I'm assuming Cam Newton plays six games or fewer. That's kind of the assumption I'm operating under in terms of team win totals. Uh, I am at 5-11 in that case. Uh, I still think that defense has some concerns. Uh, Again, they have injury problems for their best players on that defense. Luke Keekley, who's awesome, but has an extensive injury history. I'm not ready to throw in Will Greer in that offense and with two really young receivers and an aging, oft-injured tight end. Like I think that... This has the potential of Cam Newton missing significant time to really be a bottom-out season where we're going into the offseason thinking Cam Newton versus Tua Tagovailoa. And yes. I really think there's that there is a well 25% to, chance that happens. To that point, you have new ownership, new general manager. And I I think this might be the Ron Rivera. And the owner is a yeah, you've stole gambling this. kind of dude. Yeah. Like I can see an entire blow-up of this whole thing. I've got him going 6-10. and 10. But and that's if Cam plays all sixteen games or not. I think they have enough question marks. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Yeah, I think this is the year. I know there was a little discussion of it last year. I think this is kind of the Ron Rivera's on the watch list. And if this gets ugly, pretty early. By the way, the reason they're the Baltimore Ravens is because Harbaugh is really good and Ron Rivera is really good. Yeah, they, they know how to construct a team game. Ron will get another job. Oh, like, oh yeah, of course, one hundred percent. But I think it because of new ownership, new GM, new. I think they might be. I'm thinking with this team next year, I anticipate it's going to look a lot different. New stadium talks. I mean, this, this owner wants to make a big splash. Yeah, I just think they're going to look a lot different across the board. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, six and a half. I have the over. I, I, th- I mean, I know they have a tough schedule. I have them in eight wins. Uh, I think this is a team that can hang in there with anybody when you have that kind of an offense. Their defense will be improved. Their running game should be improved. This is – it's a tough division, uh, and it's going to take a little bit of time to get everybody under – under control and there's always the possibility that you know Jameis gets hurt or Jameis blows up and you know I don't hate Blaine Gabbert in that role but 
to, but to me, I think they're an eight-win team. I, I think there's potential for the future. I think they still have to shore up some things talent-wise on that defensive side of the ball, especially in that division when you're going up against Matt Ryan and Drew Brees. Uh, but I, I do think they're going to be a team that is in that wild card talk at least late in the season. I got them nine and seven without an upset. And there's always an upset with this coaching staff. Coaching staffs matter. I think this one is as cohesive from top to bottom as you're ever going to find. Yep. Uh, a question mark on that coaching staff is Byron Leftwich in his first year, real year of calling plays. But who better can you have looking over your shoulder yeah, than the guys that There's so many talented guys around him that uh, are familiar with him and he's familiar with. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I mean, that, that offense is going to be a lot like last year, but they're going to run it better and not turn over as much. Defense is going to get more turnovers, not be out there as much. Special teams is going to be far improved. Yes. There's far a- improved. I, I, I got, like I said, nine and seven without an upset. I, I can see them going 10 and six and sneaking in the playoffs. So me and Jake are all within one game on all these teams. And that yeah. one's, and, and when I look at these two, when we're talking about the actual number, if I'm a game and a half ahead or below, yeah. then, I li- then I like it. I'm, I'm yeah. well ahead of six and a half. Uh, we're going to talk some prop bets here, guys. Uh, Jameis Winston, 4,435.5 yards over or under. Uh, I'm taking the over. Uh, I have him in, in the projection formula. I have him for uh, just about 4,500, but I think there's more upside there. Um, he's not getting benched. This is, so I can't, I can't, this is, I can't make this more clear. And, and let, let, let's take away the political aspect of what I'm about to say, because I'm talking strictly football. This is not a Colin Kaepernick situation where they're afraid if he gets hurt, they're going to be on the hook for money. It doesn't, or if they play, it doesn't matter. They're not on the hook for anything for Jameis Winston next year. He is going to get every single opportunity to succeed in this offense. And if he does, he could touch 5,000 yards. I am for about 4,500, but to me, the upside here is tremendous. Unless he gets hurt, he is going to hit this number. Yeah, I got the over. Yeah. This offense is too good. Even if they run it for if, – if, if Peyton Barber's the guy or Brown Jones has 1,200 yards, he still throws for 4,700. Yeah. yeah. That means this offense is even better. The better they run it, the better he's going to be on his numbers. I got the over. Yeah, James Winston can suit up on Sundays. He is going to go over this number. That's the only, Him okay. getting hurt is the only thing I could see preventing this. That's, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good opportunity to hit that over there. You guys both like it. Uh, let's stay on the same team, Mike Evans. Uh, 1,350.5 yards over under. Jake, I'll go to you first. I got the under. I think it's close. I think you could have 1,250. You could have 1,600. But they're all so good. And this offense, like I said, is all based on Jameis taking the next progression in his career. And that's progressing through each read of this offense and spreading it out to the open guy. And a lot of that's pre-snap, changing the play, a lot of the stuff that they haven't done a ton of in the past that I think they're going to really do which to me says under, because that's a monster year. I have the slight over, but I'm not betting on this. I can easily see it. My projection is too close for me to want to. My projection is 1395. So 44 and a half yards over what Vegas has. I mean, that's negligible. Um, I I think his yardage totals are fairly safe. The thing that's been up and down with Evans is the touchdown totals, because touchdowns aren't really evident of talent. It's an opportunity. It can be. There are some guys that are better in the red zone and whatnot, but a lot of it is just opportunity and, and whatnot. I'm not touching this one. I have it really close, but I have ever so slightly over. Okay. Uh, Michael Thomas, 1,275.5 yards. Thoughts, Jamie? Uh, I have the over slightly. I have him at 13-13. So, again, we're talking about 28 yards. This is another one I'm not touching uh, just because there's a tremendous opportunity here. That Look, he's going to get a lot of targets because he has to, and he's, go- and he's had it before and he's been successful with it. There is the opportunity that teams just completely smother him for certain weeks and holds his total down. Like, what do his totals look like if he doesn't have those two or three 12, 13, 14, 15 catch games? So there's a lot of risk here. 
Uh, I, again, like I said I have him a few yards over that, but I'm not touching this. We got him winning the division. For that to happen, it has to be the over. Yeah. If he doesn't get the over, they have no chance of winning the division. So I got it, I got it over. I like it probably a little bit more than Jamie does. Okay. The last one we're going to get to here is Julio Jones at 1,525.5 yards. Way under. Ooh. Potential to go 2,000 yards, 1,500 is no big deal. But yeah. we just talked about Sanu, and that's in the slot. Ridley yeah. in the second year. Freeman having a bigger year. And you're he's getting doubled every game. No matter who else is on that field with him, he's getting doubled. Now, he always gets his. But 1,500 is a monster year and a lot of production. I think he's under that. So I have a slightly over. I am getting to 1,565, okay. so about 40 yards over. Um, staying away when you're that He's got to play all 16 games to do that. I, well, absolutely. And yeah. that's getting harder and harder and, and, for him to do. And that's the risk with a guy like Julio Jones is that if you guaranteed me 16 games, I'm taking the over and it's, it's not, and I'm not worrying about it. But um, I wouldn't bet this one either just because he is an injury risk and he has shown it in the past. But I think he's going to have, again, he's my wide receiver two in fantasy this year. You want to talk about value from season. a football perspective? Julio Jones makes like $8 million a year. Yeah. Yeah, that's why he's talked about holding him. As he should. Because he deserves So if you go back to what I said about Jameis Winston, a contract here, this isn't, but it really is. Yeah. if he puts up 1500 again, he's got to be in the $15, $16 million double what he's making now category. And Arthur Blank already said, I'm going to pay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not said publicly, but right. like the reason he's not holding out is they're like, you're going to get your bread. But Well, because we'll last year he unfollowed social media <laughs> yeah. accounts and pretty much had a passive-aggressive version of I'm not going to play for you guys. And then they decided like, yeah, we should probably handle this behind the scenes and did. And then he started following the Atlanta Falcons on Instagram again. So all is good. All is good. in That's a hard, Atlanta. I mean, 1500 is production That's, every yeah. week. Yes. And he can do it. He can but do I, it. I don't think he plays all 16 games. Okay. Uh, any party thoughts on today's podcast guys? That there's a lot more talent in this division than before. Um, yeah. Again, I, I think that the parting thought is you look at the, the differences of the four QBs in, in this division and, and you can see why, do you really are are you really that much more confident that Drew Brees is going to have a better season than James Winston? There's a significant draft price difference between the two. Do you feel like there's a significant upside difference? I don't, and that's that's the that's the example because I know a lot of times you hear wait on quarterbacks, but with no explanation why. That is why. That if you told me that at the end of the season, I think that James Winston and Drew Brees will be within a few points of each other, but I can draft. Let me let me see where they are now. I can draft Drew Brees in round seven, or I can draft. Jameis Winston in round 13. No comparison. I just, that's why you wait. Yeah. From a football perspective, this division, and this is not the exact stat, but I'd love to know what it is. Maybe we'll throw it out there next time. Nobody's won this division back-to-back for like 18 years. Yeah, that's right. The Saints, we just picked to win the division, but history says that's not going to happen. Yeah. Who steps up and wins the division? It's pretty close. I mean, other than we all think the Panthers are going to take a step back, any of those other three, I think, could, yeah. could get hot and win the division. Absolutely. All right, guys, uh, let everybody know how they can follow you on social media. Jamie, you up. Oh, you can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. Jake Arians on Twitter and Jake B. Arians on Instagram. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page on both Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review on Apple, uh, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And there will be merch. Yes. I know we've said it before, but there will be merch. We will send you guys stuff, and we'll figure out maybe some contests leading up to the season. Maybe we have a little fun with it and send you guys stuff. So be sure and leave us reviews because then there's probably a better opportunity. I'm going to send you some merch. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Thank you.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.